Okay. Hey, everybody. Um, I'm here with uh, my new friend, Yvonne Hudson. Uh, she uh, is a strategic marketing, communications, development, and PR consultant and partner with New Place Collaborations. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for taking the time to, to talk with us. Thanks for inviting me. So um, how are you doing amidst the chaos of the day? Well, I feel like I'm calling a bit on my theater background where you have to be ready for anything to happen. Um, so I'd have to say that that's been helpful um, for improvising, uh, remembering what else you need to do to take care of yourself. Um, and basically, you know, being ready for things that are, are going to change day to day. That's very much what I think this has felt like for all of us. Absolutely. Yeah. Being very adaptive and, and flexible, flexible, excuse me, to that adaptation. Uh, seems to be the, the recurring theme, at least for me, but uh, many others as well. Um, so I'm curious uh, to learn more about the type of work that you do um, and New Place Collaborations. Could you start us off with just kind of detailing what you do and, you know, generally what a typical day looks like for you? Absolutely. Um, well, our work uh, over the past 10 years really has evolved from uh, our connections in primarily nonprofits, small and new businesses, and has grown from happily uh, referrals from clients and projects to often the next things. Um, it's given us an opportunity to use our skills. There are two of us. And uh, our skill set ranges from training and running workshops, hands-on communication, perhaps in conjunction with staff members at organizations, and creating uh, the bigger strategic communication plans, marketing, PR, development communications. Um, our background is uh, eclectic in a, in a sense. My background has been primarily uh, in staff positions in arts organizations and higher education uh, prior to focusing on project work. And uh, my partner's uh, background uh, began in training and uh, product and brand management in the beauty industry, um, taking projects that are uh, driven by the brand promotion and the product promotion. Um, so uh, Lynette Assen is the other half of New Place and her background uh, encompasses large uh, venues, beauty shows, hair shows. Uh, venues like the Javits Center, which now at this time in history is being transformed into um, a public uh, hub for health supplies and services. So it's been very uncanny with what's going on right now to see the spaces where we've worked and worked on events uh, so dramatically changed and uh, repurposed. But um, in terms of our name, we developed our name because we realized that our collaborative approach working in the arts in the beauty industry was really what we were doing. Uh, we chose that name because we often work alongside the staff members in organizations with their event planning, promoting. We often end up sitting um, in event planning meetings, not just you know doing the promotion, but actually uh, contributing to the shape of the event. We're doing that right now, for example, with a nonprofit that we work with for a number of years. It's moving their main fundraiser online shortly so that will be an interesting exercise kind of drawing on a lot of our experience not just promoting it but helping to perhaps reinvent it 
So you've got a shop that, you know, you have a full range of services. You can do, you have a wide variety of capabilities. I love the fact that you're, and this is self-serving, but I love the fact that you're serving arts organizations because that is a huge part of my background uh, as an art and design professor, but also, you know, working with arts orgs and helping them do fundraising and all of, and grant writing and things like that. So uh, thank you for supporting them because they need it now, certainly more than ever. Um, how do you feel about a lot of, uh, especially amidst the outbreak, a lot of arts organizations are having to temporarily close or shutter completely? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's calling on, um, as Shakespeare likes to say, one of my life inspirations of uh, calling on all of us to use the force of our imagination to uh, do things that are very new and different, uh, primarily online, of course. So while uh, we are really dismayed to see colleagues uh, being furloughed and performances canceled as we know them, what has been um, inspiring has seen, is seeing how people are stepping up to present programming online and mm -hmm. to stay connected, to stay connected to their audiences, to keep them engaged. Um, and I see it as a opportunity to expand audiences. I think the arts will look different in a lot of important ways as we emerge from this. And perhaps some of what we're doing right now are things that we should have been doing all along um, because there are a lot of opportunities to reach um, audiences that are overlooked, mm -hmm. the elderly, who can't go out in the community as it is. I work with uh, Pittsburgh Shakespeare in the Parks. They're one of the groups that we do promotion work for. And uh, Lynette and I have both served on the board for a number of years. We go to one of the senior residences in Squirrel Hill, for example, and read Shakespeare. But that's um, sporadic and right. not always monthly. Um, so that's just an example of the kind of outreach that um, sometimes arts organizations are stretched to do in person. So I think it will be interesting to see what we might be doing better when we yeah. emerge from this and what we might be doing more thoughtfully and efficiently as well. We'll see. <laughs> I think that, uh, yeah, so, you know, coming out of this, arts organizations, but I think a number of organizations in general, especially in the nonprofit sector, they're really going to come out of this with a very keen and solid understanding of their resiliency and just how exactly they can stay afloat during these specific times, which I think is a very reaffirming and uh, enlightening thing for some arts orgs uh, that they kind of need from time to time, you know, because, uh, you know, from, from my perspective, arts orgs, they all feel that what they offer is absolutely needed and necessary. Mm -hmm. And while I do actually agree with that uh, in terms of, you know, cultural definition, um, there are a number of people that don't think that. And um, I think this is a great time to, for those art orgs to leverage marketing and storytelling in ways that reinforce their necessity uh, to the public. So uh, I'm really interested in seeing how that comes to play. Um, so bearing that in mind, um, how, well, let me switch gears actually. How did you get your start in all of this? 
Where did where where are your humble beginnings lie? Well, I grew up in Indiana, Pennsylvania, uh, okay. land of Christmas trees, hometown of actor Jimmy Stewart. Yep. Um, and I, I was uh, fortunate to be in a school district where we had um, a lot of communication and arts activity. Um, I sang in a choir or sang since I was in elementary school. We had student newspapers. We had um, a robust drama program. Um, so I had an opportunity to do things uh, through the arts that um, for me personally, um, helped me to grow and thrive in ways that were very important to my own development. I always loved writing, it was something that I did um, forever, as well as the music and uh, getting acquainted with theater and Shakespeare. So those things really informed my journey uh, personally, but also professionally. Um, I decided to uh, have an opportunity to um, pursue journalism as an undergraduate uh, and uh, I wasn't quite sure if, you know, I have the um, stomach for the fight, as they say, to, to go sure. deep into the arts. But I was fortunate to continue singing, to eventually uh, move from my first jobs in public relations and uh, publications to uh, my graduate degree at the University of Pittsburgh. I was an undergraduate at Point Park College in uh, journalism. Okay. And then... Uh, at Pitt was able to somewhat self-design my MA uh, to have an arts administration emphasis. That okay. was uh, when Pitt had a Shakespeare festival on campus and there was a need for someone to focus on marketing and PR. So there was an opportunity there for me to do that work while I was getting my degree. I stayed a few more years, ended up at Carnegie Mellon doing similar work for the College of Fine Arts and University Relations. Mm -hmm. And then I started to do things that um, I thought about doing coming out of college after a few years, I went to New York and I worked in New York uh, for about 12 years, primarily in higher education. But the nice thing about New York is uh, you have an opportunity because it's New York at whatever level you want to dabble in the arts, there's a way to do it. Mm -hmm. now, uh, so one of the other things I've done that's been a through line for me and has also informed my professional work in terms of presenting and speaking, um, my graduate uh, project at Pitt was a one-person show called Mrs. Shakespeare. And my curiosity about Shakespeare's biography led me to do something that I thought was initially an educational piece that could run out, as I say, to the ladies' luncheons and promote the Shakespeare Festival. But when I got to New York, um, I discovered there was a whole community of people who did solo theater. And I ended up in this women's theater festival um, with a lot of other people who had similar pieces about literary and history, uh, historic characters. And I continued to work on and develop that piece. And it led me down this sort of parallel path of performing and presenting as a solo artist outside my day job. Never intended sure. that to really be my day job, but um, was certainly inspired being uh, surrounded by the greater arts community there in New York, while I primarily worked at colleges and universities. So by the time I made it back to Pittsburgh, I found myself back to the University of Pittsburgh in the theater department for a second time when uh, the theater there was being restored and reopened as part of Pitt's capital campaign. Um, again, doing some fundraising, public relations, mm -hmm. things that had been part of so many of my other jobs. And uh, after a time, ended up uh, realizing that I was doing project work 
got to spend a few years in Washington, D.C. working also in between there. But uh, all of those things led to uh, being able to essentially walk into an organization, quickly assess their needs without spending weeks and expensive billable hours, if you will, um, assessing what they needed. Um, And we've been fortunate to work with a lot of clients who have an idea of what they need and can articulate that. And then we jumped in and kind of hit the ground running and being able to um, get to work on their behalf. So that, that all of that eclectic experience has uh, really paid off in a lot of respects. We've done a lot of work for the Bayer Center for Nonprofit Management, which is part of Robert Morris University. Mm -hmm. And that's been a wonderful opportunity to do everything from marketing and public relations for events and some of the important research they do about the nonprofit um, sector here in Southwestern PA, as well as doing a lot of teaching and training in their menu of classes there. So it's been more eclectic activity, but it's all um, been supportive of a lot of uh, interesting and innovative nonprofits and arts organizations, as well as some very unique businesses. So you've really seen the the whole spectrum of things in 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 a variety of different places, and you know that kind of experience is very informing on you know entrepreneurship. So you're you're running your own practice. Um, you're not working for colleges and universities or nonprofits. You're doing your own thing. Um, what's that experience been like for you being an entrepreneur? Well, I've always described it as being um, tremendously exciting and hair-raising at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's unpredictable. What we're going through right now um, is terrifically unpredictable. Um, We are going to be doing some of the things that we expected we would be doing going forward this year. Uh, We're still doing some activities for clients. But mm-hmm. as I said, we'll be doing some of them very differently. So um, that's an interesting and stimulating opportunity for us. We're excited about being able to step up and help in that circumstance and to kind of unleash our imaginations. But at the same time, um, applying our experience in crisis communication and our uh, understanding of the greater community. Mm-hmm. So I'd have to boil it down to saying for, for me professionally, that's what I do. I've okay. been, you know, I've been in a lot of different kinds of situations with organizations in transition. I've uh, often worked in staff positions where not long after or, uh, joining the organization, I had a new boss, something mm-hmm. that was unexpected, not the person who hired me. So I've had to often adapt and be able to go with the flow and uh, respond in that way. Um, and I was a Girl Scout, so, you know, they, <laughs> We had some good emergency preparedness training there. So Absolutely. Sort of part of my DNA. Um, yeah. Not everybody is, is up for the unexpected, but um, I at least feel that I have a means to detach and carry on. Keep calm and carry on, as they say. That's right. That's right. So, you know, we actually have a lot of common sort of crossover points relative to the places that we work. So Mm -hmm. I teach uh, a design course, design courses actually at Point Park. Uh, So I teach graphic design there and then I'm running marketing for Pitt Business. 
Um, and I teach a brand management course in the business college as well. And then about a little over, yeah, little less than a decade ago, I taught at Carnegie Mellon for a year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, so I can relate to some of the experiences that, that you've had at these different institutions. But um, my, my students at Pitt, they're marketing students. And one of the sort of natural roles for marketing students is to go into a sales track. Right. Uh, sales. And in some cases, if they migrate into nonprofit work, they would be in fundraising for for my design students. If they happen to work at an agency, those agencies might support nonprofits that have capital campaigns, fundraising campaigns. Uh, they may even volunteer, donate their time to produce that that type of campaign work. And, you know, for me, I, I spent a lot of time doing pro bono or really cheap campaign work to raise money for arts-based nonprofits. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm wondering from, from the fundraising aspect of things, what, what's your strategy? What's your, your problem solving process here? How do you get uh, a nonprofit to understand their weak points in fundraising and then help them resolve that and then ultimately communicate that out to the public with the intent of bringing in the money? Well, a lot of um, fundraising activity is led by the board and the management of these obvious uh, these organizations, obviously. So um, you can't show up uh, as a consultant and fix problems that are uh, at the core <laughs> of the organization. Right. You're always looking at the makeup of the board, um, who can do what. Who knows who? And those relationships are so um, integral, especially at the the top tier, I think, of individual fundraising. Um, there's the foundation and corporate aspect uh, where you, you know, need to have uh, your shop in order, as they say, and mm -hmm. present to those businesses and, and uh, foundations that you deserve their support and that you're going to manage their funds well. Um, on the individual side, that's always um, about loyalty and, and relationships. So, what I've found in terms of the, the tasks that I've had and the projects I've had, then it becomes about messaging to those audiences and there's sort of different tiers of audiences, if you will, that you right. craft messages for. So that's very much marketing. Um, it's like sales. All these things that you just mentioned uh, tremendously overlap because um, the branding of your organization and your mission needs to stay out front regardless of the fundraising campaign, um, regardless of the event that you're promoting, regardless of what your gala is like or the small mm -hmm. fundraising events that you do. Um, I always uh, try to look out for doing a lot of education along the way about the purpose of the organization, featuring uh, stories, featuring people. Um, and there are a lot of um, somewhat old school things that people have been doing for years that have been storytelling. And now we do it through different channels with social media, mm -hmm. not so much uh, print publications as online e-blasts, um, the program book at an arts organization, that type of thing. So it's um, all of the same things are important, but they're delivered differently. When I was at Point Park, I worked for the journalism chair, um, in the department as a work study student. 
Vincent LaBarbera, who's somewhat uh, legendary in terms of uh, his fundraising and his leadership of that department. He recruited a lot of us himself. He came to our high schools and recruited us via the student newspaper and via workshops. Mm -hmm. And I re recall sitting in his office, taking dictation from him. It's going to sound terrifically old school to the students. <laughs> he would dictate to me so I would learn how to take notes as a reporter or as a publicist. Mm -hmm. And talking amongst ourselves, the students realized that's, that's why he was doing this. It wasn't about taking a letter. It was about learning to create your own kind of shorthand so you could attend a press conference and scribble right. and walk away and have something, you know, that you could transfer into a story or a report. Then he would sometimes make a phone call or get a phone call. And he had one of those big old circular Rolodex with the cards in it. Right, right. And the phone would ring and he'd say something like, Tommy, oh yes. Flip, flip, flip would go the cards and he would find the card for that alum and saying, how, how is your wife, Susie? And th those little ones, Mary and Larry or whatever their names were. Sure. And he would have all that information the same way you would now in a database in his role sure. and continue building that relationship through that phone call where somebody might have just have been calling to say, you know, I was thinking of you today, how are you doing? And it was a tremendous uh, reminder of how simple that really is. It's about genuinely caring about people, mm -hmm. genuinely um, having a way to remember names, <laughs> something as simple right. as that. And um, just applying those uh, basic premises of human communication, which we're finding with this crisis that's going on now is happening um, through social media and through our connections, places like Facebook and Twitter and, and even picking up the phone, you know, um, maybe a little bit more in a different way than we might have a few months ago. So it's all basic, I think, to the human uh, process of uh, storytelling and communication through new means. Not very many people have a Rolodex on their desk anymore. But I'll, I'll <laughs> forget the lesson in that. Right. Because he, he knew, uh, you know, he knew the alum's kids and the alum's wife's name and had mm -hmm. all the information right there to have that conversation. Yeah, you know, that is such a great point, the, that human relationship angle. I mean, if, if you want to have more meaningful interactions with people you have to learn the details of their life and even if they're just surface de details being able to recall them at a moment's notice is a skill i found unto itself like you know you kind of have to work to remember some of those details so you know for for my students i i encourage them to like go on their linkedin profile and look at all the people that they're connected to and just try to remember some kind of aspect to the, the people that they're connected with so that they can engage in a conversation that isn't just business focused. Because at the end of the day, while we are business people, we are humans first, right? And, and remembering, you know, that, it, especially in the grand scheme of things, I think is incredibly important. Plus, it pays dividends later. You know, I've, I've been in situations where, you know, decade plus ago I, I would I would be able to recall the details of someone I met 12 years ago that I just happened to see yesterday right and I could be like oh hey how did that thing ever work out for you or whatever 
Uh, and that's an impressive thing. Like people will be like, wow, that you remember that? That's incredible. Um, so, and now that person's like a client or I got them to donate something or, you know, they co-opted into an experience just based on, on that. So, you know, that, that human relationship can go very, very far and pay a lot of dividends for, for your career. And if you're an entrepreneur, it helps making client, getting clients easier. Right. Um, it's one of essential for us having referrals and those yes. connections that you mentioned, um, as you said, often it's not about work, but um, you make a connection because you have interest in the same things you run. Right. Shakespeare. Um, you're uh, passionate about baseball, you know, whatever it might be, but it uh, mm -hmm. helps, I think, create those uh, moments that stick and help you be memorable to someone who then will perhaps refer you or send a job opportunity your way, all of those things. Yep. You know, I'm experiencing that right now with, um, I'm, so I'm rebranding, I think, 12 or 13 libraries in Cambria County in Johnstown area. Ooh. And I got that job through a person I went to school with um, back in 2006. And uh, it just goes to show you, like, you maintain those connections, it can pay off later. So um, switching gears a little bit, we're almost towards the end of our time together. Um, I'm wondering uh, what your suggestions are for graduating seniors, uh, getting ready to enter the field. What what kind of things would you tell them to either prepare for or how to handle themselves or even just recalling what was told to you when you were graduating? Uh, what would you share? Well, one of my first pieces of advice would, would come from Shakespeare. Be true to yourself, you know, stay true to your passions and the things that you know um, are in your heart that, that you think are important. Um, and nurture them because that makes you unique and that makes you the person that you are. Um, and if that's, uh, you know, something like I've experienced singing in a choir, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I've done that almost constantly since I was a child. Um, and it's for me sort of a, a touch point that keeps me balanced. Um, if it's, you know, spending time with children, if it's, um, spending time with family, you know, stay attached to those things that are, uh, part of you that are unique to you. I think that's important. In terms of job search and preparation, I think what we just talked about is very important. Maintain these connections and relationships. It's a little easier to do um, because of some of the tools we have online, like LinkedIn. I've been finding during uh, this past month, especially, I've been checking in with people via, you know, personal messages on Facebook and LinkedIn when I think of someone. Or um, the other day, I decided I'm going to um, send a note to my contacts and friends who are named Karen. <laughs> a handful of those. It was just a way to kind of touch base with those different uh, contacts who, who I know um, from very different, uh, you know, personal and uh, professional situations, but it gave me a way of just kind of saying, I checked in with some people today. But mm -hmm. we ultimately should be doing that all the time, and professionally we should be doing that. And I do love that a platform like LinkedIn allows us to ask people to recommend us and refer us and to, to post something about us that's very specific to how they know us and what they thought of our work. I think that's a great resource. And everyone, one of my pieces of advice would be everyone should think about, well, who, who are those people 
um, for whom I might want to get a reference letter or someone who perhaps we've connected with in a, a, a unique way. Mm-hmm. And we'd like to have that reflected there. What does that say about us? What does that say about um, how we work? Um, how dependable we are? What we're like when we just volunteer and help in the community? Right. Um, as you said, some of these things that we do pro bono um, and as volunteers are important and uh, do say a lot about who we are and why someone might like to hire us. And that's a way to have an, at least a suggestion of that there, where people who are recruiters or who are thinking about calling you to set up an interview, they have your resume, what, what else do they want to see that's not on your resume per se? Right. That's always important. Um, one of the pieces of advice I always had on the communication side was, you know, to always have my portfolio in order or my samples where I could access them. Now you can do that online so easily. And you might have some print publications, depending on what some of your projects have been, but there's such an easy way um, now to showcase those digitally. Um, You can do it right in LinkedIn, which I think is fantastic. Mm -hmm. You can post a video that you worked on. You can show a publication. and there's some really simple, inexpensive um, ways to do that too. You probably share those with your students, but issue is very easy. Mm-hmm. And you can have your own sort of um, online portfolio with some of those types of platforms. I think that's very important. In other words, get your ducks in a row and have um, even a website about yourself. Right. Um, I'm thinking of uh, young colleagues I know who do everything from fashion design, graphic design, um, actors, people who have a website. And that's great because you, you have a home base that you can send people to, a place where you are represented professionally. Those would be some of the things that I okay. would, uh, recommend. Yeah, I, and thank you for saying that because one of the things that I talk about in my classes is how you are perceived as a professional. So, you know, especially when it applies to brand management, essentially you have to create your own brand and you have to manage your perception, your brand. And uh, if you're really good at that, that's going to, people are going to take notice and they're going to want to invest their time in trying to figure out what that brand is. And you have to do things to keep it sustainable not just, you know, in terms of activity, but just to keep it interesting, you know? So offering those little details on uh, your LinkedIn profile or sharing those little bits about your life helps round out the profile. Um, And ultimately it makes, I think, employers interested in wanting to spend time with you because the people that we work next to every day you know, they see you more than they see their families and they want to make sure that if they're going to be stuck at work all day, that they want to be surrounded by good people that make them better. And, uh, that's, that's part of the, part of the sales tactic I would, I would call it. Yeah, absolutely. And And the other thing I would add is what I found in my journey has been sometimes the things I thought were very coincidental or not, um, was meaningful because it was something I ended up doing unexpectedly. Uh, might be the thing that someone looks out on your resume and says, oh, that's so interesting you did that, you know, just mm-hmm. for a few months, one summer, whatever it might be. So right. think about um, those unexpected experiences as something that will be valuable. You might not have any idea immediately 
and you might be frustrated because you had to take that part-time retail job that you were trying to mm -hmm. Well, that is valuable experience if you're doing marketing and sales. And if you've never done oh. it, you should probably do frontline customer service and sales work for a few months um, or as a volunteer, what it might be, because mm -hmm. some of the organizations you're working with will need you to think that way. Yes. To make sales and to help them Absolutely. with their sales force with messages and procedures or what, what, whatever it might be. Um, I think some of those experiences um, are very valuable. And yeah, it's... I'm sorry, go ahead. And, well, I've told my interns this uh, throughout the years that, uh, you know, I've told them two things. One is I will not ask you to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. <laughs> right. And that uh, because sometimes you're wondering, why am, why am I doing this? What does this mean? I always explain the why behind the task. But on the other hand, I've also stressed that to them, what I said about um, those experiences where you uh, might be hesitant, where you might roll your eyes and you have, have no idea why I'm doing this. Look, look for the why and the greater purpose, even if you think it's a boring, inconsequential thing. Bring mm -hmm. everything you can out of that and practice doing the things you might not otherwise get a chance to practice, and then you'll have those skills. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. So thank you for that. Now, if students are interested in learning more about who you are, what you do, and more about uh, your consulting practice, um, how can they reach out to you? How can they find you? Yeah. Um, well, I'll give my, my uh, company email. It's Yvonne, Y-V-O-N-N-E, -N -E, at newplace.us. And uh, our website is also newplace.us. We have a Facebook page, New Place Collaborations. And... Um, if you happen to be a Shakespeare fan, um, I also have a Facebook page for Mrs. Shakespeare, my solo show and my other theater projects. And um, a, side, a side note is that New Place, uh, the name comes from the name of Shakespeare's home. It's the name of the home that he purchased for his family uh, once he was a successful writer and playwright. So it has a lot of meaning for me and kind of um, Im implies where we try to take our clients. We try to take them to a new place from where they are yeah. to join them. So um, that might That's help great. you remember new place. <laughs> so is it to thine own self be true? Is that his line? To thine own self be true, yeah. Yeah, okay, see, hey, look, I know something. Uh, <laughs> cool, well, thank you very much, Yvonne. We really appreciate it, and uh, hopefully we'll check in with you, uh, you know, after the semester uh, ends and see, what, see what's new. Thank you so much for having me. I look right. forward to hearing from people who see the video. Um, we'd love to connect. Excellent.